Record. <laughs> you know, we should probably have opening music. Yeah. Hello. Hello. I wonder if you can hear us. That's a good question. It seems to be doing things, so yeah, it's probably fine. Well, uh, if we stop talking, they can at least listen to all the background noise, so there's that. You get to listen to like 90 minutes of bar background noise. Maybe that should just be the podcast. Just 90 minutes of background bar noise. I mean, there's like apps with like white yeah, noise, right? Yeah, I mean, it's great for studying or drinking and feeling less lonely when you're in your apartment drinking. You can feel like you're at the bar, even though you're not, because you have social anxiety. We can call it Sounds Like a Good Time. I think we just came up with our million dollar idea. <laughs> We're just going to have a podcast network of white noise background podcasts. Gotta make millions. Facebook for cats. <laughs> Alright. Hello, everybody. I hope everyone's doing well. Um, no one's taking up, us up on the offer of free beer, so... So, any of our lovely listeners, again, want free beer, get in touch. I think we have a Twitter. Yes. JVPFM. Twitter.com slash JVPFM for a good beer podcast, FM. There you go. Like a radio. Because people will know what that is in five years. We do uh, talk, so maybe it should be AM. <laughs> That's true. I don't, I'm not sure the millennials even know what AM is. Okay, so we're at Hair of the Dog Brewery. Uh, Lucas, you want to tell us a little bit about this place? Sure. Uh, Hair of the Dog has been here for a long while. So it was founded in 93. Um, kind of an interesting little place. It specializes in new and unusual beer styles. Tends to be some very creative and weird ones that you're, you're definitely going to love some and hate some. And probably hate some more. But <laughs> maybe it'll be the beer just right for you. So, um, yeah, they're a pretty awesome brewery. They've been around for quite a while, as, as said. Um, they supposedly source 99% of their ingredients from within a few hundred miles and uh, keep it local and all that jazz. Donate a portion of every purchase to, what, guide dogs for the blind and sell their own hot sauce. What more could you need? This really feels like a place that was kind of on the leading edge of the craft brew local food movement that really kind of ignited in the 2000s here in Portland. Um, the location that we're at now, I don't know if this is the original location, but it's kind of in the industrial east side. Um, it's, it's where it's a pain in the ass to get to, but once you're here, you're happy. What, what shocks me about this area, it's really hard to get to because there's like, a, the interstate's like on one side, you have the river, and then you have um, the trains coming through. Yet there's all these cars coming on these roads, and I'm just like, who drives in this area? Why would you drive down here? So I'll, I'll occasionally come right off the freeway on the exit going up from like the five. Yeah, isn't the exit right there? Yeah, it's yeah. right there. So you yeah. get shoved into this little spot, but uh, otherwise, I don't know. You get you get that slowly disappearing amount of like industrial pleasantness that mm. is a dying breed in Portland. This mm. is our tenderloin, our our Hell's Kitchen. Hell's Kitchen. Uh, yeah, not so much, but <laughs> but it is a it's a, actually kind of an interesting place. Um, we were at another brewery that was around here, just kind of like up that way, right? Wayfinder. Wayfinder. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's a cool place too. Yeah. Um, okay, so we're gonna start. We got the uh, the flight. Um, so the first, we're gonna be trying their Ruth Blue Dot Fred and Adam. So Ruth comes first. 
Um, I'm going to hand it over to Lucas to give a try. So this is considered uh, an American Pale Ale. And he's sipping. Sipping. Hmm. It's on the sweeter side of a pale. Um, very, actually quite sweet. Um, yeah. It's bright. Got some good uh, malt to it. Yeah, the notes here from, from the bar are that it's made with organic Pilsner malt and Northwest Foss. Um, uh, made in a bit, actually. Thank you. Um, so, I can taste the Pilsner and the hops. It's kind of like a hoppy Pilsner. I could drink that during the summer. Yeah, this, so th this actually weighs in on the lighter end of their beers here at 5%. Um, they tend to be... they. they I would say they almost specialize in strong bottle conditioned beers here. So a lot of these, this lineup gets in the double digits up around like 10, 11.5%, which is uh, some good luck tomorrow beer. There's a Russian Imperial over there that's at 14%. Um, What's that one called? A nice. It comes with nerve agent. It's great. <laughs> Doesn't get better than that. Oh man. Ah. Okay, so, so that, that's a good one. Um, blue Dot. The Blue Dot. A double IPA. Oh, I like double IPAs. Maybe. Oh, wow. Um, okay. What does that taste like to you? It's definitely within the double IPA family. I, I don't. Yes. I mean, it's definitely double. Wait, I, I, is there an impl implication of what that tastes like to you? There's a specific flavor this tastes like to me. Within the beer family or no. within the greater world? Within the greater world. It almost has like an astringency that I'm not sure out of place. So, so I have pretty serious sleep problems. Um, and I decided on the recommendation of a friend to give uh, marijuana edibles a try, and this reminds me of those. Huh. So what do you call this, dank? Hmm. This is, this is dank. <laughs> Skunky dank. Okay. So Lucas, why don't you tell us about something you like? Something I like. That's how we should be introducing ads, but... We don't have any. Oh. So. Well, let's see. What, what have I bought recently that I'm quite happy with? Oh, well, you have the, Okay. I, actually, I was playing with your phone earlier because you have <laughs> one of those wallet cases, which yes. has suddenly become kind of a um, an online topic of discussion because somebody published an article like, these seem insane. Why does anyone use these? <laughs> <laughs> well... So I, I can't go back to carrying a wallet. Um, I, I have a wallet that I use when I'm traveling. So when I'm in like a foreign country and cash is king, um, I have a specific travel wallet I bring. Or if I'm in a foreign country that's sketchy enough where I need to keep a decoy wallet, I also bring it for that. But yeah, no, I have a wallet for travel, yeah. I, but for home, I, I don't need it. Um, I, I, got my, I got my phone case and inside is my ID, my debit card, and my credit card. Don't even use my debit card, really. So I could get down to just two, but um, 
every every very rare once in a while I will actually get some cash out of an ATM and it's nice not to have to pay fees for that. Yeah, I have a wallet case also. I'm never going back to a wallet. I find them really annoying. Always have. Um, I don't even care about keys. I find keys incredibly annoying. Yeah. Um, somebody uh, on Reddit called me a hipster because I mentioned, oh yeah, I don't carry <laughs> keys. And, and they're like, do you consider yourself a hipster? And I'm like, no. But I live in Portland, so shrug? <laughs> you just have to politely ask if someone's going to get you in the door or not. Um, um, now your wallet case screws with the wireless charging though, right? It doesn't, it doesn't prevent the wireless charging from working. It just prevents my credit cards from working once I put my cards between the inductive plate and my phone. So it frights the chip part, yes. I, I imagine? It, yeah. it's, not, it's not good for the cards. So um, yeah. I, I don't use that, as, but like, it's actually not that big a deal right now. Um, I might want to go back to that later, and I'm going to have to figure out how to do that. I'm curious if I can charge from the screen side. I don't think you can. Oh, I don't, well, I don't think so. Find out. Yeah, it seems like that'd be nice. bad for the screen, but I don't know. Who knows? And I tried anticipating this, and I actually got one of the folio ones with the, like, the flipping yeah. cover, and it was the most annoying bullshit I've ever... Like, I can't handle it. I see people using them on the bus every so often. I'm just like, ah, that seems like... If I was going to read on my commute on the bus, that just seems really annoying. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not its not even that so much, but, like, it covers the freaking camera. And then, like, trying to take a photo yeah, with be, one hand is impossible. Yeah. Yeah. So there, there's a lot of different, like, of these uh, wallet phone cases, and I used to have a really nice leather one. Um, I've had a couple of those, actually, and I really like them. But since I finally upgraded to the iPhone X, I'm going full waterproof now. So I can just take this thing straight up swimming in with this, like, rubberized case, and everything's fine. Hmm. I haven't tried that yet. Um, I swam in the ocean with my Apple Watch, but not with the phone yet. So, not sure. Is the phone rated for ocean? Um, I think it's rated for. Well, do you mean depth or for salt water? Salt water. I don't know. I don't think the watch is either. No, I, I believe the watch but it did is okay. Oh. Um, I, I I should ask a coworker because he took his snorkeling when we were in Belize. So. Oh, nice. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think whenever any of the like waterproof electronics you use them in salt water, you're supposed to like wash them off with fresh water afterwards so mm -hmm. that salt doesn't form. But okay, put everything. Yeah, great. Well, on to the next beer. Uh, this is the Fred. So I've actually been snacking on it while we were talking. <laughs> um, so this is this. Oh wait, no. It's called a Which Golden Strong okay. Ale. I'm excited about the next one, but okay. Interesting. Okay. Um, I like this one. I like it too. Um, I'm. This one's rated ten percent, which I'm. I'm a little surprised. It's definitely strong, but ten percent strong. I really like rye. Dangerous. Oh, really? Rye beers. Yeah, I think it adds like a really nice clean flavor to it. So this is a rye and Belgian candy sugar. Yeah, the candy sugar is something you just kind of throw in there to get the ABV up. Um, it adds some interesting flavor, but, uh, now, I'm, I'm a fan. I would actually say it's more of a deep brown than a gold, but, uh, beggars can be beer drinkers. Um, right, and we're to our last one on the flight menu, the Atom. Now, this is their first beer. 
This is their first beer. Um, this actually is my favorite beer here, or at least it was several years ago. Um, I'm very curious how it measures up. I know that Cameron's not going to be a fan of it, yeah. but this, this beer, um, I'm, I actually think that I'm going to read the taste notes before I try this because they're just so fantastic. It's dark and rich, notes of chocolate, leather, and smoke. I taste which them all. I, I believe come across in every capacity. I don't know how you make a beer like this, but it's it's simply amazing in its uniqueness. Mm, it kind of reminds me of Arrogant Bastard. Which one? Their stout, the, the main one that you see. Oh, wait, no. Arrogant Bastard's stone, so it is... Yes. The main, no. Yeah. yeah. I like that. It tastes like rich mahogany. It's like chewing on leather. Mm -hmm. I don't. I don't know how you come up with that flavor profile. I'm fascinated by it. Um, it's probably my favorite in this lineup. But um, there's a reason that their glasses top out at 12 ounces here. <laughs> so this actually reminds me of um, we did a barley wine night about a month ago. That sounds horrible. It was. It was. Uh, it was amazing. It was like. What's the, uh, is it Tolstoy that has the all happy families are the same, all unhappy families are, you know, different in their own yeah, way? Yeah, yeah, And it was, like, every bottle was horrible in its own <laughs> way. And there is this one from Pelican Brewery, who I want to check out more of their stuff. I've actually, I've liked their stuff. But they had one called The Mother of All Storms. And it was absolutely horrendously horrible in all these complicated ways. It was kind of like the room of beers. But like, you know, you're watching this hor you're, you're tasting this horrible thing, but you can't stop because there's it's just complex and weird in all these ways that are horrible. I'm so curious about it, like how, how recipe development works for these breweries. And this is something that I've, I've always been meaning to ask. Next time I do some more brewery tours, I'm going to ask this. But when you're doing like like a one barrel, one barrel is 30 gallons, and so like this place here, they have facilities to do, they do, yeah, they do, they do four barrel brew house, so that's 120 gallons at a time. Now, I, I'm curious what the process is by which they brew up their uh, nano or their test batches for that. Like, the mother of all storms, is that something that they like brewed up at a 30 gallon batch and we're like, well shit, guess we're selling this. Yeah, you just kind of figure out how to market it afterwards. Yeah. And, yeah. And that's actually, so I really want to go to Gigantic next. Uh, so Gigantic is one of, I, I'm very curious how many other breweries do this, because I don't know, but Gigantic actually publishes all of their beer recipes on their website. Mm. So they have their full recipes listed. You have to do some adjustments, because I don't want to make 30 gallons of IPA. But yeah, yeah. It, it's slightly non-linear in, in that regard, like changing from one to five gallon recipe is fairly straightforward but a five gallon to like a 30 gallon recipe it's non you don't you don't just like six top all the ingredients for that mm -hmm. it actually takes some slightly different changes that i'm not privy to but anyway i, I think it's a very interesting idea like publish the recipes and do that and i have no idea how the process of development of those goes too mm -hmm. there, there's a um Groundbreaker actually has a uh, gluten-free brewing contest going right now, which uh, is meaning to go to the the um, award ceremony for that, which would be I think on the twenty-first okay. at their the brew house. But um, I'm starting my first gluten-free beer right now, and 
it's weird and there's a lot of weird ingredients because you don't know what you're doing and you're doing like non-traditional sorghum wheat and things. Um, but they're actually a good example of this because their reward for their brewing competition is getting to is that they will actually release the beer that you made in collaboration with their head brewer. Awesome. That's cool. So hopefully it doesn't suck for them. Huh, I, don't, I yeah. don't know how much like I don't know how much they take in terms of uh, inspiration and just go their own way and credit you, but it's a scary proposition. <laughs> that sounds fun. Yeah. Um, okay, so we do have one last beer that we, uh, Lucas actually ordered right before I got here, uh, the Green Dot. And why don't you tell us about this beer, Lucas? Um, I'll, I'll read the taste notes for this one primarily because I don't think that they actually affect the flavor of the beer. This beer is pale in color, full of tropical hop character, has an intriguing bitterness and a smile-inducing flavor. So um, when I first got here, I tried it, and I didn't look at the, the tasting notes beforehand, and I was trying to figure out what it was. And it tastes like an IPA to me. Um, it, if you told me it was a sour IPA, I'd be like, oh, okay, yeah, I, I, I can see that. It's, it has a weird bitter back end that is really hard to place. Um, I cannot identify the aroma either. I mean, no, not at all. I, it's kind of like the whole New England IPAs that, that have been happening, kind of. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I really can't place it. And what was what's interesting actually is when I first started tasting it, I thought it was actually okay. Uh, Lucas wasn't particularly a fan, but after going through their other stuff, now I'm tasting this again. I'm like, ah, no, 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 I don't, I don't want this. Like, I would take three out of the four of these over that. Um, so they they talk about mouthfeel, and when you're talking about something like how it sits in your mouth, the uh, the texture, the 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 lasting impression. I don't want there to be a lasting impression for some of these beers. And it's, it's tricky where I, I think that you can rate this highly in terms of its ability to stick with you. Yeah, I, I don't know, sorry, there, there's a moment of distraction because the table next to us left with way too much beer on the table. Not yeah. Creepers, but... It's, it's just kind of <laughs> odd. I don't... I feel like even the... the server doesn't know what to do with it um okay well that's five beers right. at here uh do we want to rate them yes okay last place i'm saying green dot is last place i'm gonna actually say green dot that's last place also All right. um it's actually not the last one i would order i could get through a pint of green dot i could not get through a pint of another one of these um but but best in class. It, yeah. So, yeah, the other one is better in class, and this one, it's kind of like I was saying before. It's, it's kind of just uninteresting, in that I don't know what it is, but I have no, I, I don't want to explore this further. <laughs> yeah. Like, like I had one taste. I know what it tastes like. The, um, the other one that that I'm kind of mixed on, at least is like a really fascinating one to drink. There's a complexity there that. That will keep you interested. If you're looking like a beer style, like ancestor tree, ancestry tree, there's like the leaf nodes, and then there's like the central branches that branch in entire like genres. And this is like a far leaf that I'm I'm just good at stopping at. <laughs> okay, well, what's uh, next up? So this would be the fourth place. 
I'm probably going to say the double IPA, Blue Dot. Blue Dot. Now, Blue Dot Dot is pretty okay. It's just nothing's quite, like, nothing's quite making this unique to me. Huh. Um... Maybe there's a level of dankness I just can't quite appreciate, but I think that the golden stands on its own. It's very interesting. It's a good. It's good. Well, huh, it's a strong, good, strong, strong ale. The um, the Ruth is a interesting pale, very drinkable, nice, nice flavor, and I like the Adam. So I'm just gonna have to say the double IPA is is our second to last. I, I totally understand that that one. Um, I'm still gonna put the Adam as my second to last, basically because. I, I cannot imagine drinking more than this little sample of it. Like, if you like things with tasting notes along the lines of chocolate, leather, and smoke, this is fantastic for you. None of those things are things I want to put in my mouth. Yeah, I don't want any of those. This has to be one of the most interesting beers I've ever drunk. Though. It's, it's fascinating. Like, you should really try the, the Mother of the Storms, though. Yeah, it's, it's similar. Pelican is very interesting things. I, I'd be able to try their stuff. Oh. Um, Alright, so, so, so that was your second. Number three. Num- number three would actually, it would be the, for me, would be the double IPA. You? Not the Atom. Um, well, actually, maybe the <laughs> I, I, I've tried this again. So. Alright, here's where my, um, my impression of personal preference versus best in class kind of diverges. Okay. I think that at this point I'm going to say the Gold Strong Ale. Um, I think it's a it's a great strong ale. Um, it's it's just de- a departure from my preference. And this is going to be your third? That's interesting. Yeah. That wasn't what I thought how that was going to go. Um, my third, I think... Okay, I already did my... Wait a minute. I already did my third is the, the IPA. So now we're up to second, right? So we're, we're basically talking about the root. Yeah, it's, it's whether it's third last or third, third best. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think, oh man, I think this is actually really hard. I like both the Ruth and the, um, the Fred. That's what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. So the Fred being the, the gold strong ale. I like them both for kind of different reasons. Um, I think I like the Ruth more the more I drink other ones. Yeah, and I think that just comes down to it being a lighter beer. Like, yeah. the Ruth is 5%, which, yeah. And so I'm going to give second place to the Ruth. And the reason I'm going to give second place to the Ruth is I think it's, it's, a, it's a nice Pilsner. Like... Like, if there was a description of a... Well, North that's an ale. But, <laughs> all right. Oh, uh, well, I mean... You, you it, run it, with that. Well, so, it says it's American Pale Ale, but it's made with organic pil- Pilsner malt and... Pilsner North malt is used in a lot of ales. That's true, that's true. So, so to me, like, this this is a nice summer beer. Um, I could get the, the, the Golden Strong, the Fred, all year round. Okay. Um, so, so like in class, if we're talking about in class, actually, I think that that the Ruth ranks really, really highly. Mm-hmm. But I think as an overall beer, I would much prefer a pint of the Fred. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Um, I actually think it's quite funny though because 
The idea of putting a roof up against other American pale ales, it would get destroyed. That's true. Yeah. In yeah. in our our assessment, but uh, yeah. Not sure. It's, it's a, definitely a, um, yeah. a challenging run. This one. It's good. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I like this place. Highly recommended. Yeah. If you're in Portland, check this place out. I would I would actually rate this as one of the. If you're on a brewery tour of Portland, you should probably yeah, this should probably, probably be pretty high. If you're high on a brewery tour of Portland, you should already have been to Cascade, yes. and then it's a short walk from Cascade. Yeah, yeah, and then there's a couple other interesting breweries in the area who are all closed on Tuesdays. So yeah, that's some I don't know. Sorry, <laughs> if you are only open from three to six p.m. on Fridays, you will not be on the podcast. That. <laughs> I'm just going to say that right now. I think we have another location that has more hours. In Vancouver. Yeah, apparently Vancouver is an up-and-coming city. Um, yes, um, Vancouver, kinda. BC is an upcoming city. Yeah, yeah. So I saw, uh, I, I went on, um, I ran 8K oh, yeah. this weekend. Um, I don't really have much to say about that. You're other right. than everything hurt, and I ran. Oh. Um, What's that miles or eight? AK is five points one. Oh, okay, okay, that's not okay. Um, someone had a shirt that said Vancouver USA Marathon on it, and I couldn't figure out whether that meant a Vancouver BC two USA Marathon, or whether there was like a Vancouver Washington like aficionado marathon. There is a Vancouver Washington Marathon. That's uh, just like so averse to naming it the Portland Marathon that they are gonna stick with their like. No, it's a different marathon. Like, like it's, it's inside Vancouver. Yeah, yeah. Roy's ran it actually. Huh. Um, yeah, it's apparently a really horrible route. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it is a qualifier for Boston though. So interesting. Which I Wait. don't think the Portland one is anymore. So really, uh, they had what, some. Did something happen? What? Okay, I'm I'm just remembering this from a news report, so I could get something wrong here. But like two years ago, apparently they mismeasured. Oh, and God, then, that's the worst. Yeah, and then last year, like, there's been some controversies around the people who run it, who's apparently, like, two people. Like, so, so there's basically, like, two guys who kind of, like, own the thing. I'm getting, like, and, more and more acquainted with all the, like, running companies and the people with this stuff on, so I'm curious, like, about that one. So I need to do some research on that. Yeah, you should you should do some research. It, I, I think that there was talk of, like, someone else managing it. There's, mm. there's all these companies that actually manage these various marathons. Yeah, so. yeah. Yeah. Um, and I don't believe I think they had to change the route on the last one because, for various reasons that made it like possibly not a true marathon so short of the uh, Portland Marathon the um, St. Paddy's Day run is like the the biggest run in Portland yeah, that, one is yeah, that, like, was, that was huge Yeah, a lot of people do that one um, That's just a, is that just a 5k or is that half they have, marathon they have a 5, a 10 and a half okay um, so I only did the 5 I wanted the 10 next year I don't think I'll be ready for the half next year, so we'll see. We'll see, but um, yeah, the the bit, bridges to bridges was interesting because it you actually get to run across um, the um, Markham Bridge. Oh, really? They shut that down for yes for people outside the Portland area. Markham Bridge is the I five is the Interstate five bridge, so that's like the yeah the, it was, probably the busiest bridge in the the town. That's not like the actual like I five one. Well, no, Markham Bridge is the I-5 one. Well, so, so the uh, so one that's the 405 across and down. Uh, I think that's the Markham. No, 
No, the 405, isn't that Fremont? Not Fremont. Let's see. So that's Markham. Yeah, that's Markham. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was this one. Uh, nope. Oh, yeah, that's, um... That is Fremont. That's, uh, is that Fremont or is that, like, Jackson or something weird like that? Yeah, Fremont Bridge. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so they shut, free, they, they reduced Fremont to one lane. Oh, crazy. On each direction for okay. that. And they actually shut off the... Are you on the top platform? Or? The exit entirely. No, it's the, it's the one below, unfortunately. Okay. But, yeah. like, yeah, it was, pretty, it was pretty nice. Um, quite a few people there. Yeah, that's cool. Oh. Um, but they do an 8 and 10 for that one. Uh, I'm, I think I'm good. Yeah, good fan. Thank you. Thanks. Oh. Um, well, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, all I, I really have. Yeah, that's all I got. Alright. So, so uh, thanks for listening again. Um, try to be more regular on these in the future. Complain about us, and we'll have more interesting things to comment. On. Please, please rate us on iTunes. Um, please listen to us on iTunes. Yeah, yeah, that'd be nice too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, uh, everyone have a good week. Talk to you later. Thanks.